Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every October, Savannah goes a little bit Hollywood as our city hosts the SCAD Savannah Film Festival. 2020 marks the 23rd annual event, which has grown into the largest university-run film festival in the world. This year's screenings will be virtual due to the pandemic, but organizers still anticipate another successful run. SCAD Savannah Film Festival Executive Director Christina Ruthier is our latest Difference Maker. The Difference Makers podcast is presented by the Savannah Economic Development Authority. team at savannahnow.com, this is Difference Makers, a podcast featuring interviews with Savannah's community leaders about what they do, how they do it, and why. I'm Adam Van Bremer, and joining me, along with Do Savannah editor and resident cinephile Zach Dennis, is SCAD Savannah Film Festival Executive Director Christina Ruthier. The festival opens Saturday, October the 24th, and runs through October the 31st, with 154 screenings, including a festival record 14 world premiere films, and 10 conversations with the leaders in the film industry, such as actor Samuel L. Jackson. Here's the interview with SCAD Savannah Film Festival Executive Director Christina Ruthier. I'm joined on today's Difference Makers podcast by Christina Ruthier, who is the executive director of the SCAD Savannah Film Festival. And Christina, as we often do with this podcast, as we like to let people get a little bit of a feel for for who you are and what some of your influences were growing up. And I know that you were, you are a Savannah native, you are a, uh, a attended SCAD. Um, but let's, let's go back pre-college when you're, when you're a little girl, what was it like growing up in Savannah and what maybe kind of steered you toward the art uh, being interested in film? Sure. So um, as you mentioned, I grew up in Savannah, Georgia. I actually grew up on Burnside Island. So that's okay. near Skidaway Island. It's kind of the, what I like to say, the last island um, mm-hmm. going you know, to Savannah. So it was a beautiful place to grow up. So I was very, very lucky. Uh, the majority of my extended family is also here in Savannah. So we have a big, big family. So surrounded by love, um, definitely a lot of fun. And, you know, my mom is actually a painter. So she actually, so she went to SCAD as well. And my dad owned a very successful sheet metal business. And a lot of my extended family has roots in Savannah establishments, such as restaurants and things like that, from Kevin Berry's Riverhouse Shrimp Factory, Boar's Head. Um, so we have been around a long time in the Savannah community. Kevin Berry's. I miss it. I know. We miss it dearly, too. <laughs> so, you know, our home was always filled with art and music and the importance of learning. Um, there was always music playing in my house growing up on the record player from All My Brothers to the Beatles' White Album. Um, my aunt uh, lived in New York City, so from a very young age, I got exposed. Luckily, it changed my life to the Met, Broadway, MoMA, all the amazing things, you know, of course, that New York has to offer. And I think that really sealed the deal in regards to you know, wanting to be in the arts. I've always wanted to be in the arts. Definitely growing up, I thought I would live in New York City and, you know, live the life of Carrie Bradshaw. But, yes. <laughs> you know, I count myself beyond lucky to work for SCAD. Um, I, I get to do so many amazing things that I would never get to do in just one job somewhere else. You know, from, you know, I managed the Lucas Theater, which, you know, as you know, is a 1921 beautiful vaudeville theater, uh, the Trustees Theater that Scott owns. It's a 1946 restored art house. Um, and then the 
at Savannah Film Festival. I've been here at the festival for 21 years. Um, So I missed the first festival, but I've been with the festival ever since. Since I grew up in Savannah, I got to see firsthand what SCAD has done for Savannah. Um, When I was growing up, I often say this when I meet new people, that downtown, no one went downtown. It was not a place that people beyond River Street, no one went downtown. So just to see how much it has changed, even on the block where Trustee's Theater is, has been you know, so heartwarming and just the, you know, I mean, I know everybody that grew up in Savannah, I'm sure feels the same way, but just to see how much Savannah has grown is amazing. And that is a huge part of that. So let me ask you, let me ask you a little bit more. You mentioned, you mentioned an interest in theater uh, at an early age. Did you do some, some theater in either children's theater or, or some theater in middle school, high school? I, um, Definitely, and one of the people that loves to be behind the scenes. I am not a person that wants to be in the spotlight any way, shape, or form, but I love all the pieces that goes into a production, Um, from laying down the stage to, you know, getting the person to walk on the stage, everything in between, the business of it, um, the whole nine yards. That's where I truly you know, find myself um, able to flourish in many ways. And even when I'm at a play in New York, I'm always like, okay, you're not starting on time. It's 9.05. Like, I can see this, that, and the other behind the screen. And, you know, I think anyone that works in theaters ends up being that way. I remember the first time I walked into Trustees Theater and, you know, really had never seen anything like it. And I you know, was in awe of everything SCAT was doing. Who were some of the influence when you were younger in terms of, of pushing you toward towards theaters and operations? Yeah, so um, I think that, you know, my aunt and growing up in New York and just being exposed to, you know, her way of life and the arts, that was a big inspiration for me. Um I feel like I was pretty young when I, you know, got my first job. So, you know, I was 12. So, um, and just learning just every single day, learning on the job at Trustee's Theater. I mean, growing and just learning from different artists and filmmakers. I think that that really catapulted me into wanting to do more and more and more. And SCAD gave me the opportunity to do so much more. And I think that's kind of where my drive came from. And I love to work really hard. Mm -hmm. And I really love the production and behind the scenes and every piece that goes on to that. And, you know, I often say that when a show starts, that's the magic. All of your hard work goes into that first moment when a show starts, that first note, that first image on the screen, that's where all the magic is. And all of your hard work is worth it in the end. So I live through those magic moments. What was your connection to, to trustees? How did you get started there? Was that when, when you started attending SCAD or before that? Uh, before that, actually, I got my graduate degree from SCAD. But okay. before that, um, it was definitely... I was in Savannah, I had just graduated, and it was just, you know, an opportunity. Everyone wanted to work for SCAD, and I kind of was, you know, teetering between staying in Savannah or, you know, moving, and I got the opportunity to work for SCAD, and they definitely took a chance on me because that was brand spanking new. And, you know, from there, I just learned from my bosses and President Wallace, and that's how it all started. And I didn't know a lot about trustee theater because, as you know, I said earlier that you know you never really went downtown. So right. um, it was the first exposure I had to a large scale theater beyond seeing you know things. So just to walk around on the stage and you know be able to see all the backstage 
stage, you know, different things that go on backstage as well as, you know, all of the screen coming down and how a film is made and how it is projected. So um, those are just some of the things that really inspired me to continue to want to learn. Walk us through that career track. What were you initially hired to do? Marketing. Um, and that's, you know, Trusty Theater had just started to do programming. So we did like three types of programming. We did uh, music. So we would have three or four artists throughout the year. We did plays. And those were mainly um, productions from the uh, SCAD. And we did artist lectures. So that's where I started. And I was hired to do event production or events and marketing. So definitely quieter <laughs> than it is these days. Um, but I'm happy it was quieter because I got to learn at a slower pace every piece of the puzzle from submitting a work order to, you know, ensuring that the artist writer is, you know, completed and done correctly. I think that when you are behind the scenes and you want to ensure that everything is a success, you have to go above and beyond. Right. So just every detail is so important. And I learned that just by being here and just seeing how you know hard everyone else works. And I think that SCAD really nurtures um, you know, the arts as well as their employees. <laughs> Yeah, how many different how many different roles did you play on your way up? You probably, as executive director, having played so many different roles, you probably know it backwards and forwards, right? I do. I definitely wore like nine hundred hats, and it's really fun because you know, for starting in the summer, I usually we're in programming mode for film festival, and then right after film festival ends, we go into programming for television festival, which is in February. And then in March, normally, we would have the music festival here, the Savannah Music Festival, the Lucas. So we change gears there. And then throughout the entire year, we're having uh, SCAD productions and trustees and in the Lucas, artists, lectures, you know, everything in between that. So I'm constantly switching gears. But, you know, when you boil it all down, it's all about production. So, you know, every event is different, but production is the number one thing that's consistent throughout, you know, every single thing that we do here. How big is your team? How many people does it take to, to put all these different things together? We have a very small team here, but of course, you know, we have so many other resources at SCAD that we use from marketing departments to advertising departments. But, you know, our core team here at the theater, we have five people. We have, um, and that's kind of changed, unfortunately, recently due to the, you know, state of the world. But um, I have an amazing publicist that works with us. He's been with me for six years. His name is Stephen Wilson. And he's with a company called Scenario PR. And it's based out of New York and L.A. And he definitely is one of my right hands. He's the one that has, you know, helped us really catapult in the last five years, um, just in the way our, you know, reaching out to potential honorees, securing big films, you know, definitely ramping up, you know, how we meet with studios and networks. And so it was a really a game changer when he came on board. Um, so that's a big part of the festivals. And then Caitlin DePew Wallace, she is my programming uh, director for the festival. She is amazing and probably, you know, my brain, <laughs> definitely. Uh, she does everything um, from making sure that, you know, all the films are watched and analyzed and working with our student interns as well as all the communications processes, you know. And then on top of that, she has ex duties that don't involve film festival at all. It's, you know, all the different pieces of, you know, running the theater. And then we have our box office manager, Matthew, which is a huge important piece to this entire puzzle. <laughs> I mean, right. box office, we also um, run 
the box office for the Savannah Music Festival and the Savannah Philharmonic. So we are really um, very close to those two organizations. Sure. And it's been, you know, wonderful to see them rise and flourish in the last, like, 10 years as well. So that's been really great to be a part of that. We do, you know, definitely we all participate when it's music festival time. We are, even me, I'm at different venues helping with box office. So I get to see everything that they are doing, and it's just really special. So before I move on to, to get into a bio of the film festival itself, you mentioned earlier that your, your mother has is a SCAG graduate as well. I'm guessing she was probably one of the earlier SCAG graduates. Can, well, can I ever share with you what it was like? Yeah, I mean, she, um, unfortunately, she just took classes at SCAD. She wasn't able to graduate, but she's thinking about coming back. So I'm really encouraging her to um, take it up again. She actually just started painting, uh, you know, very regularly in the last two years. Um, so she's definitely getting back into the swing of things. But I can remember her just being so excited to go to classes every day. And, you know, it was small and, you know, I can remember her, me going with her and driving downtown and, you know, her always on the weekends, I'm sure it was more than the weekends, my brain just doesn't remember, but just drawing, constantly drawing, doing work for classes. And that was, you know, the more I think about, the more that was inspirational to me for sure is that I was seeing, you know, art at a very young age. And right. hopefully we can get her to come back for sure. <laughs> yeah, I get that. You're listening to the Difference Makers podcast in a discussion with SCAD Savannah Film Festival Executive Director Christina Ruthier. Before we continue, let's pause and recognize the Difference Makers presenting sponsor and a real difference maker in our community, the Savannah Economic Development Authority. The team at CETA is pushing to make Savannah a great place to work and live. CETA is committed to creating, growing, and attracting jobs and investment in the Savannah area. Whether a business looking to relocate to the Savannah region or an existing business ready to grow and expand, CETA is the centrifuge of a propeller, making the connections, helping to propel the business to success. Learn more about the Savannah Economic Development Authority and what they do in the Savannah community by visiting CETA.org. Now back to the discussion about the SCAD Savannah Film Festival. So you mentioned that you've been with the festival all but the first year. So can you kind of give us a, a, a relatively brief synopsis of the history of the film festival and, and how you've seen it evolve over your time uh, with the festival? That, um, you know, SCAD is President Wallace. She was impetus of the um, film festival, you know, basically to bring film and industry professionals to our students. Um, and, of course, you know, extend our mission at SCAD. And then she just, you know, really supported us. And we, you know, kind of dipped our toes into it and really were off. I think that in May 1999, she had the idea, and we were up and running by October. So it was definitely, you know, a lot of fun. I think that, and I think people that have been around the film festival for a very long time, you know, hopefully you see the growth <laughs> over mm -hmm. the years. Um, I think at the beginning, just like any festival that was starting out 20 years ago, we were just happy to get films. You know, happy a studio or um, someone was submitting films to the festival. And I think we screened hundreds of films those each year at those first few years. I mean, just constantly. I think we ran up until like midnight every night. You know, we were just screening films, screening films. Um, and so that was really the basis foundation. And then we incorporated more of the panels. That was, you know, a new piece that we brought in as well as, you know, honorees. So, you know, those things grew and grew and grew. And quality, I would say, of the films. Um, has definitely grown with the reputation of the festival. You know, I think the very first honoree I can remember just being, you know, just starstruck, I guess. I'm not really starstruck ever, but just, you know, can definitely 
you know, vivid in my mind is Debbie Reynolds. Mm-hmm. Um, she, you know, is the epitome of what, uh, I guess, what we'd say a studio, uh, growing up in the studio movie star. And just to see how gracious she was, I think that, you know, that is, I don't get sidetracked, but that was magical to me. Just that, you know, her screening a film that she loved and then standing up in the one of the boxes of the Lucas Theater and waving to everyone and just saying how gracious she was. That was really a great, you know, memory for me those first few years. Um, you know, and Dad has always been, you know, wanting to constantly you know, raise the bar, raise the bar, raise the bar every year. So we have, hopefully, we've met that, um, you know, met that every year. And, you know, all right now, all we want to do is to grow to that next level, whether it be maybe we start a market or we continue the success of our other programming. You know, we're always looking for different ways to grow. And, that, you know, and, you know, just the sidebar a minute about other key players, you know, Danny Filson, and I'm sure a lot of Savannians and theaters uh, guests know Danny Filson. He's been with SCAD since the very beginning. He was my boss as well as Lynn Kripe was my, also my boss for many years. And they were really the key players in developing the film festival. I was just there for the ride. But between President Wallace and Lynn and Danny, they were really the people that grew the film festival to what it is today. As I mentioned at the jump, it's the largest university-led film festival in the country. And as you said, it's the reputation grew. If there were a couple of, can you put your finger on what were a couple of things that really led to that reputation growing? Is there just a couple or was it just a a one thing, a a cascade kind of situation? Yeah, I think it was, you know, a cascade, like you said, a cascade. I think the reputation of SCAD, um, and then also I think another thing, just being around studios and agents and, you know, different people in the industry, that we are a university-run film festival is very appealing. And especially to, you know, filmmakers and to, you know, talent and honorees, they love giving back. And also to create opportunities for our students as well as uh, just being able to be around that younger demographic. I think that has really helped us and it also has really um, set us you know, aside from every other festival. Um, You know, I know there's other university-ran festivals, but I think from the very beginning, being a part of a university, especially one that is focused on the arts and SCAD, SCAD's reputation has grown, so our reputation grew as well. Um, I also think that developing our relationships with You know, the studios, you know, that takes years, years and years and years to get um, them to trust you, especially, you know, they're just not going to give, you know, a premiere film to anyone. They need your trust from the very beginning. And that industry is really small. And so, you know, the same people end up, you know, the person that I was dealing with that was a coordinator is now the director. So, you know, the longevity of those relationships have been very helpful, our advisory board. I think the pieces that we incorporated and gained throughout the year from, you know, also our advisory, you know, as I said, our advisory board was a big piece of it. Adding that in helped us to get more, you know, industry leaders, panelists, films, so I think the foundation was had to be built before we really turned, you know, the corner. And I think right. for us, we turned the corner probably five years ago. I think mm-hmm. that we really, you know, kind of exploded. And it doesn't hurt that we're in Savannah. Everyone wants to come to Savannah. Um, you know, it's like a dream. Everyone has this vision of what they've never been. They have a vision of what Savannah is. 
And then once they're here, they're like, what can I do for you now? Like, all I want to do is come back. You know, all I want to do is come back and be with the students and be in Savannah. You know, they, October is a great time of year because it's not, you know, so hot. And, um, and I can say also our dates have been very important. Um, we are at the end of October, and in December they start, um, you know, looking, you know, nominations for Oscars. So right. we became that spot that, you know, we're after Toronto, we're after Telluride. We are in that perfect spot to get those last films that are coming out in November and December that the studios really want to push for Academy that may have not been ready in September. So mm -hmm. that was extremely helpful too. So the 2020 festival is, uh, it's going to be different than any other it's been before because of the pandemic, because of, of have to go virtual. Can you kind of talk us through the ins and outs of how it's going to work this year? What are some of the logistics challenges you've faced and met and are meeting? When this, the pandemic happened, um, and, you know, probably April, we started to really think about what the festival is going to look like. You know, I held out hope for sure that surely we'll be on the ground and this will all be over by, you know, I couldn't even imagine it lasting this long. So as the months rolled on, we really realized that we're probably going to have to do something virtual or, you know, potentially nothing at all. And that just wasn't something that I, you know, ever want. I would never want to not have a film festival, um, even if it's just a couple films we screened on YouTube. I mean, I had no idea how really the virtual world would work. Also, um, once, you know, the earlier festivals like Telluride and uh, especially South by Southwest canceled, that was a big wake-up call because they're in end of March and they are, you know, one of the festivals that kind of kick off the season along with Cannes. So when those two went virtual, I knew we were going to have to go virtual. And luckily, um, they went before us, so we kind of got to learn some of the hiccups you know, and also the fall festivals, we kind of banded together a little bit. We all talked to one another about what are you using? What are, um, you know, what box office, what virtual platform are you using? Are the studios even responding to you? Because a lot of studios, you know, for, you know, good reason, don't want to show premiere films, you know, virtually because of piracy right. and, you know, everything right. else. So there was a lot of trepidation um, from the studios, and they also held out hope like we all did, that we were all going to be back in November and everything was going to be great. Um, but I think now they're learning that's, you know, unfortunately not going to happen. So our virtual platform that we landed on uh, is called Cinescent, and it they already work with studios in regards to uploading their films onto a safe platform when they go onto Netflix opponents. So they already had a foothold, but this was a different ballgame. Um, and then also incorporating security, you know, strict security measures into the platform and knowing how to even the, the sheer volume of films that are in panels and live parts that were going to be hopefully incorporated this year. Um, and secondly, a big part of it is the box office because you have to be able to purchase a ticket and it plays, you know, and there is no, you know, just like Netflix, you know, you want to be able to push play and there it is. You know, we're all used to that. So that was another huge piece that we had to overcome as well. So. These platforms, and then there's probably one other company that's in New Zealand um, that is doing these virtual festivals. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, New Zealand is 12 hours, I think, ahead of us. And when we finally got to them, they did TIFF and they did many other festivals, but they were like frazzled and <laughs> they were just like, I can't, we can't take any more business. So. You know, the uh, virtual platforms either took advantage and was like, I'm all in, I'll help you do, we'll figure this out together, 
or they were just overwhelmed by the sheer volume of festivals, obviously, that are going virtual. And then after we kind of landed on what we were going to utilize, um, then we had to go to the studios to ask for films. Um, and then also we get submitted starting in December uh, thousands of films to our festival to be considered. And so not only do we, you know, try to convince, you know, hopefully that we still can do these things as well as, still programming what our normal festival would be, reviewing films. So it, it was definitely challenging this year. Um, you know, it hasn't happened yet, but I think that everyone is really going to, you know, find that it is still just as special and fun and engaging. Um, and I think we are kind of a little still we are. Um, set apart from other festivals in that we're doing a lot of live components to it. We're doing a lot of live panel discussions. We have some great in-conversations that are going to be live with our honorees, you know, Samuel L. Jackson and uh, Jennifer Hudson. So we have some great um, guests that are going to be exclusive just for the film festival. So you're not going to see that anywhere else unless you're logged in and you're there at 3 o'clock and ready to watch. So I think all those different components will make it a unique festival this year. And being able to do things virtually has really broadened our reach and it allows for so many more people to find out about the festival. So that has been huge. We saw that as a big plus, and that goes for expanding, you know, our reach in regards to admissions and working with different schools um, that, you know, we would never be able to bring down the Savannah for the film festival. Now they get to experience everything that the festival has to offer, and also community members still get to experience the you know, the festival, as well as people that have never been here. So that piece of the puzzle we feel like is, you know, a big plus for the festival this year and for SCAD this year. Oh, so was, was that something that you kind of thought about doing initially, like keeping that, that, I guess, for lack of a better word, live component to it? Because I've seen a lot of festivals that have uh, kind of gone with a more on-demand approach. And it seems like uh, with this one, it's much more um, appointment viewing. You know, it, it, it kind of has that festival spirit. Was that something that you initially wanted to do or did that kind of change as you developed the festival throughout the year? I really wanted to do that. I think that I also learned from other festivals when the feedback they were getting with um, things not being live and sometimes it's impossible there in Dublin and you're, you know, not available at 3 o'clock. But um, the majority of everything that we had, I wanted it to be live. I wanted festival goers to feel like they were still getting the special, unique part of the festival um, that they would have gotten on the ground. And also keeping the festival schedule the way that it would be in person was very important to me. I want every day to have new content. So just like you would when you were on the ground, you know, Saturday we have our big premiere film. We have a great conversation with Samuel L. Jackson. We have a premiere film that evening and a Q&A with Rachel Brosnahan. And some other films that we're starting off with, with Q&A discussions, you know, that that is the only day you can see these live parts. Now, we'll record them, and you can watch them on a later date, but if it says 3 o'clock, then we're, you know, going at 3 o'clock, and that was really important to me. Also, secondly, to be able to add different exciting things every day. So, Sunday we start our, you know, amazing docs to watch. So all of our documentaries will drop on Sunday. And then on Monday, all of our amazing panels start. So each day there is, you know, a call to action to return to the festival and see all these great, exciting things. 
rather it just being on demand and you could just log in and it's just plop, you know, there's a million things you can't, you know, you can't figure out what you want to see first. So it still has the layout of what the festival would feel like if it was on the ground. But yes, that was a big important piece to me that I kind of, you know, at least put my foot down that the majority of everything that we're doing is live. And people have been great. They have been, I mean, I think, you know, plus side, they're, you know, not as busy as they normally would be. So they're more available, but also, you know, they're excited to be able to promote their whatever it is, their film, their panel, um, engage with people. We have found that since March, we had been doing a series with SCAD called Guests and Gusto, bringing in artists um, into big conversations as well as class visits. And I can't tell you how gracious everyone has been to participate in that. So I kind of knew in advance that um, I felt like people would be open to, uh, you know, being a part of something that was a panel or live part of it. I think people are really excited to do that. Again, you were listening to a conversation with SCAD Savannah Film Festival Executive Director Christina Ruthier on the Difference Makers podcast. While Christina is catching her breath for a moment, I want to invite you to subscribe to savannahnow.com. Hold on now, I've got a deal for you. For a limited time, podcast listeners get the first month free and pay just $7.99 a month after that. For a limited time, podcast listeners get the first month free and pay just $7.99 a month for a year after that. That's an inexpensive way to reconnect with your community, one story at a time. You'll get the latest from Savannah City Hall, find out what's going on with our schools, catch the latest sports happenings, and enjoy a blend of diverse, insightful opinion pieces from our many local, state, and national contributors. Visit savannahnow.com slash digital only offer to sign up. That's savannahnow.com slash digital only offer. Now, here's the rest of the Difference Makers interview. Well, there's something about the festival, just any festival, um, where you kind of, there, at least for me, you know, planning out your schedule and having to pick between selection A and selection B at a specific time that seems very unique to the festival experience. It's, you know, you can't, everybody goes in knowing that they can't see everything. And so, uh, you know, having to decide between two things at, a, at the same time is kind of uh, just the festival experience in a way. Yes, exactly. And also to give people, you know, oh, I'm not sure if I like that film, but I could go see this instead, like being able to give people choices. Um, now, for this year's festival, the competition films as well as some of the signature screenings during the day, you can't access for 24 hours. So if you don't watch, want to watch it at that time, you can access it for 24 hours after the start time, but you won't be able to watch the Q&A session live. But it will be recorded and you could go back to it. So, you know, hopefully people who really were dying to see something that happened earlier in the day, they can go back and watch it. Um, but our premiere films in the evenings, those are only available at the time that they are slated for. So, you know, I still wanted people to feel like they were getting an exclusive, something they can't see anywhere else. So um, all of those in the evening are only available for those two and a half hours or say. Uh, that the film is live. And then the Q&As right afterwards happen right afterwards as they would if they were in person. So um, everyone will have just watched the film and now they can see the Q&A. Another bonus for this year is we have gotten so much talent and directors um, and producers that want to participate together. So it's not just one person participating in the Q&A. It's like all of the talent or the director and some of the actors and producers. So that's been a fun part of it as well, that we've gotten a lot of uh, more people to participate because it's, you know, virtual and it's much easier. All of those things put together will you know, still allow for people to feel like the SCAD Savannah Film Festival still you know, one of the best festivals in the United States. 
you mentioned earlier that a lot of other festivals went before you and you kind of watched them and were looking for lessons learned. What were some of the things they did right that maybe you're piggybacking off of? What What are some of the things about the virtual festival experience you think are are much, I don't want to say much better, but but maybe augment the experience better and maybe you'll use it in the future even as you return to, to an in-person festival? I think that, and I, there was not, you know, Tiff, you, I think you mentioned you also, you know, were able to explore the Toronto Film Festival virtually. And um, Can did something very similar where you could go into different um, engagement opportunities. So whether that be a panel discussion where you could ask questions virtually, I think that that was a really fun piece that people really loved. And we're trying to obviously replicate much of that this year. So when you are watching a Q&A discussion, we do have a chat feature <laughs> where uh, our patrons can communicate with one another on, you know, it's, it's a small piece of the screen, but, you know, they can chat with one another. You can ask questions for the person who's participating, and the moderator will choose questions to um, ask the person. So, and that's been really fun. We actually tested that with our animation fest that happened in earlier September, and people really loved that. And everyone was so positive, and, you know, it just, you know, made you feel like you were there, and that you had a community of people that were loving the same thing you were loving. And so that was something we wanted to replicate, and I hope that it is successful and people really love that piece because that was very important to me as well, is that the engagement wasn't lost. Because that is one of the most special things about the film festival is that you could talk to other people about what a great film you just saw or, you know, ask that question to so-and-so that's walking down the street and you just saw the film they produced. You know, I think that we want that piece of the puzzle to still be um, available as much as we can. And we're offering a lot of great opportunities as well to our students to participate with different artists um, and learn from them just like they would if they were here. That's a great big piece. And Zoom has been our best friend, of course. I think it's everyone's best friend um, or arch nemesis. I'm not sure. Right. Yeah, I'm glad you said it, not me. <laughs> I mean, I love Zoom, but, you know, um, it wouldn't make me sad if we didn't do Zoom anymore. Um, but Zoom is great, obviously, because it allows for people to get together and see one another and so we'll be utilizing that platform as well with our students and artists. So um, hopefully we get to keep as much as we can as a part of the festival this year. I'm sorry there's a plane going no, that's all right. over. So as we, as we wrap up here, uh, you mentioned earlier a couple of general highlights, but the, the, the film festival starts October the 24th. It runs through October the 31st. What are, give us the top three or five, or what should we not miss if we're going to attend sure. the, the Savannah Film uh, Festival? Yeah, so um, this year, just, you know, by the numbers, we have 154 screenings. So there is a lot for people to see. Um, we have a ton, I believe 10 in conversations, which is more than we normally have with different honorees and talent this year. And we have 14 world premiere films, which even in person, we haven't had that many. So there are some great um, things that no one has seen that the Scott Savannah Film Festival is premiering. And our Docs to Watch series is probably one of the most important series during the film festival that we have. I always encourage everyone to take time to watch these documentaries and hear from the director. I think that it is, you know, it's especially today, so important to learn about different countries and different issues and things like that from around the world. I think that's so important, you know, to expand your uh, horizons and learn more. And that is, um, we have done that the past, I think this year will be our sixth year, sixth year with Docs to Watch and the amazing 
Scott Feinberg of The Hollywood Reporter. It culminates with our Docs to Watch Roundtable, which is always on Sunday at 6 p.m. So definitely tune in to that. And uh, our signature panels, such as our Wonder Women series, so we feature a lot of great filmmakers, um, a lot of great female filmmakers, directors, producers, and below the line. And those are always one of, you know, kind of our super um, popular series that we do. Um, and uh, I think that our gala films in the evenings, those are always, you know, potential Oscar Academy Awards nominated films. And I feel like we were so lucky that the studios allowed for us to be able to still screen some of these films. And I think those are great pieces uh, for everyone to enjoy. And again, you know, some films you can watch for 24 hours afterwards, so you can still catch something that maybe you might have missed earlier in the day. Right. That was more than one thing. But. No, that's that's fine. So if people are interested or listening to this and are interested in, in joining the festival, they go to filmfest.scad.edu. What is the process to get involved here? So you can go to our festival website, which is scad.edu slash filmfest, and it just shows you the entire schedule. And once you go into the schedule, you look at all the great things and you want to choose something, you could purchase a ticket there. Once you purchase your ticket, you're actually brought into um, our private, we call it our Netflix type platform, where it is it really does look like Netflix in that it has a, you know a play button as well as information on the film. But what it also has is a button that says join live. And so for all of our live components, after you watch the film, you will um, come back to the main screen, and then you go into the live component. So I think that those are the biggest um, things to know. And we have really tried to make it as easy as possible. Um, and you can also screencast it to your television as well. So you can watch it on your TV, you can watch it on your computer, you can watch it on your phone. So there's many different ways to watch the film. Our box office is open, so we feel like we'll get a lot of questions, so you're welcome to call us, as well as email us, and hopefully we'll be able to help anyone that's having issues. Uh, the very last thing I want to ask, I mean, you mentioned uh, the you know the box office and the theater the theaters themselves, the trustees and the, and the Lucas, um, you know, putting aside the virtual format for a second, because it's just been the reality for everyone at this moment. For you, as somebody who has spent a lot of time in these historic theaters, watching the festival grow, watching just the festival experience for you, what are you kind of, um, what, what are you sad to miss out on in terms of just the physical, in-person, theatrical experience when people are watching movies? think that the arts right now especially is struggling and it is heartbreaking to see you know theaters closed down um, I think that the return to the arts and the return to live production is going to be paramount when we get out of this and I hope everyone supports their local theaters their local uh, movie places as well as you know places that are doing live productions. Um, that has been a heartbreaking piece to watch. And even here in Savannah, the music festival and the Philharmonic, you know, we're all trying to, you know, find different ways to engage with our audiences. And I think that there is always something magical about being in person and being here in the theater at the Lucas Theater, walking through the front doors, seeing the opulence and sitting next to someone and experiencing the exact same thing and at the exact same time and being able to really, you know, interact with one another. I think that that is a piece that I miss most. And also our students. I miss, you know, we have over 300, excuse me, over 600 volunteers that participate in the film festival. And just being able to you know, meet them and how excited they are to be at the festival and participate. Like, 
that's always a huge piece of satisfaction for me is that, you know, all of these students want to be a part of it. And I do miss that. I still interact with our students all the time virtually, but, you know, having them all here, and I'm sure festival goers, you know, feel that as well. They're just, you know, so excited to be a part of the festival. And that's another piece I, I truly miss as well. And seeing everyone, the same people come every year, and just having those, uh, you know, opportunities to engage with the general public, and that's a piece I miss as well. So I'm definitely ready to return <laughs> to um, a little bit of normalcy. I'm actually working in the Lucas right now. We just, you know, we're able to go back to our offices, you know, definitely being very safe. And SCAD has done so much to ensure our safety. And I love every second of being here. And I'm glad to be back. Great. Christina Ruthier, the Executive Director of the Savannah SCAD Film Festival, thanks so much for your time. And best wishes as you guys go about with the virtual film festival. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. a wrap on this episode of Difference Makers. Thanks to the SCAD Savannah Film Festival's Christina Ruthier and to our presenting sponsor, the Savannah Economic Development Authority. Tap into the Difference Makers archives anytime on your favorite podcast app to hear interviews with more of Savannah's community leaders, such as Plant Riverside District developer Richard Kessler, Savannah's go-to authority on hurricanes, storm modeler Chuck Watson, and convenience store magnate Greg Parker. Difference Makers is a production of the Savannah Morning News and SavannahNow.com. On behalf of myself and producers Asha Gilbert and Zach Dennis, thank you for listening. The Dex Difference Makers will post November the 6th. going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.